Welcome to another episode of the New York Comedy Club podcast brought to you by Paper House Network. I am your host, Nick Angelo, and allow me to introduce you to our brand new format. Every episode now, I'm going to be joined by the owners of the New York Comedy Club, Emilio Savone and E. Scott Linder. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Uh, how's it going? How you feeling? Unfortunately, winter is coming and uh, we're all kind of just hanging on. Scott? I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling a little confused about how we're going to, how I got to transition my head into doing comedy podcast because we do a music podcast together as well. That's but, right. But yes, I am the co-owner of the New York Comedy Club and uh, known as the janitor. Yes, not just the janitor. If you don't know Scott, he and I, as along with our other co-host Jim, take care of the Pinch Music podcast here on Paperhouse Network. And uh, a lot of you probably think that the bald guy at the club is just the janitor, but no, he he owns the place alongside Emilio Savone, who is no stranger to the podcast. Emilio, how are you doing? Hey, Nick, you guys are quite the Renaissance men, aren't you? Yeah. Music, comedy janitorial skills well we can't all be the jesus of comedy there is there is only one jesus of comedy uh, i am uh i don't know dude well can I'm you well, can you resurrect uh some of the comedy clubs because <laughs> we are falling by the wayside right now it's a tough go man it's a tough go and i'm usually mr positive it's this is this is the real deal right here yeah uh for those who have no idea what's going on you're an idiot but the we are eight months into a pandemic it was real ugly in the beginning, as many of you know, and then the warm weather kind of allowed us to put some shows together on rooftops and just get creative. A lot of clubs were doing shows in the park and social distancing and people wearing masks and things looked to be like they were under control, I can loosely say, and we were kind of rolling a little bit. We were putting on shows at different locations. Uh, a lot of places were opening back up. Restaurants are opening back up to a, a limited capacity. And we were even having rallies telling the New York State and New York City to, you know, let us open. Let us, let us open. Why not us? Why can't we open? And things were really kind of looking up. And then, to quote Game of Thrones, winter's coming. <laughs> and everything is starting to kind of get bad again. It. it the sun's going down at four thirty. For God's sakes, I mean, I mean, are we are we just pets? Heads are falling off. Heads are falling off. <laughs> I mean, we're all three of us are kind of sitting here, just in just in tears. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're. I'm nervous. I'm scared. Like, what what does the future hold for us? I mean, Amelia, what? How you're like you just said. You're always Mister Positivity. You're the one who's always like, "Hey, we'll get through this. We'll pivot." You said the word "pivot" to me probably a million times over the last eight months. Well, I mean, just before we start doing the questions, I just want to say, like, I think the point of this episode more than anything is to is to talk about what can we expect as an industry for both comics, staff, you know, comedians, or I just said comics and comedians as if they're different people. Uh, owners of clubs, what can we expect out of this winter of 2020 or 2021? Over the next six months, what are we looking at? How you know? How are we going to navigate this? Are we going to fall by the wayside? You know that that's the kind of question I want to I want to be. Should answered. I learn a new craft? Is what I you know? What is this? It is this the uh, the nail in the coffin? I mean, we've done a pretty good job staying afloat, uh, at least the three of us in this room. I know some other places have not, unfortunately. 
We may open a bead store. Yeah, I mean, what are we liquidating? Is this what, what's happening, Emilio? I want to know from you because, like, you are the one who kind of stays positive and and you almost aren't there anymore, and it's kind of discerning. <laughs> um, look, you know, I I think that we New York Comedy Club and everything that we do, I think we've been pulling you know rabbits out of hats. I mean, I really think we have been we have done as good of a job as we can to keep this thing moving um you know we've we've we're doing seven nights a week in new york city on roofs at multiple locations and we were kind of rotating between three places and we ran a really awesome festival in connecticut and we're doing stuff in Atlantic city but it's but this this the whole winter thing and what we're going to do you know when november and december hits has been looming it, it, you know, everyone has been like kind of trying to get in what they can while the weather is is good, at least those who are super active. And, you know, I, I think, look, we're going to be OK. Um, we are um, because I think we now at least have a, um, a format of how to do this, at least when the weather isn't terrible. I'm kind of looking at this. Well, like, that's why we're talking about this, though, is the weather is getting terrible. And what do this next six months look like? It's scary. Look, dude, it's scary because, you know, there is the vaccine is definitely giving, I think, inklings of hope for sure. I mean, a lot of hope, you know, but I do. Th I'm concerned about what the comedy scene is going to look like. We did just lose two clubs. You know, Dangerfields went down in the creek in the cave. And and listen, you know, Dangerfields. You know, people have said, well, yeah, they, they've been kind of on a downward trend, but they've been open for 50 years, you know, and whatever they've been doing to stay open obviously has worked for them. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, the owner there is a little older. You know, I don't know them personally, nor does Scott, but, you know, them kind of tapping out, it, it doesn't, you know, maybe it's not it's not that crazy to think that they would. And they've said that, they, hey, they're going to be reopening, right? The creek closing is tough, I think, to swallow for a lot of people because Rebecca is Rebecca Trent, the owner there, is a fucking fighter. You know, she she does not give in easily, and she's been fighting there for a really long time. And I know she's got a great relationship with her landlord, and you know, it seemed like she had that all settled. But the mountain has gotten really high for a lot of people to climb, and you're hearing rumors about other clubs potentially closing, and that's a concern for me because. What makes our city so great, what makes us wanting to run clubs in New York City and what makes New York the best place for comedy is all the venues that these comics get to perform at. And yes, comics can produce their own stuff. Yes, they, they can do bar shows. They can do all that stuff. But you're just not going to replace what the comedy club does. And and we run comedy clubs outside the city. And we've been focusing, I personally have been focusing a lot of my effort and energy on these other places. And it's not as fun and it's not the same. It's just not, it's a job booking these shows in Atlantic city and Fairfield and Fairfield's great. When, when things are normal, it's all fun and it's all awesome. And it's, it, it's what makes working so great, you know, and, and what we do, but nothing is like New York. Just, just the camaraderie you get to have with the comedians, the camaraderie you, you get to have with the staff and everything. It's just not the same. And winter, and, and I hate that everyone, everyone is just like, all right, well, winter's here. It's it's almost like it's expected to be terrible, and it just seems like, honestly, guys, it seems almost kind of worse to me than when this happened in April. 
Because in April, everyone was like, well, it's going to be a few weeks. All right, maybe it'll be a few months. You know, maybe we're going to open July do you remember? Do you remember when we closed in April, we had a staff meeting. We're like, look, Emilio and I are prepared to be closed till June. <laughs> and everyone was like, June? What are you, crazy? Really think we can last till June? I mean, we are now in November. And we're talking about uh, being closed until next summer. And now, quite frankly, I'm like, what? Next summer? I might as well say in summer of 2022. It's even hard to believe to be open next summer. But, you know, Emilio called it, you know, a couple months ago. He was saying, you know, we're not going to be open until next summer, you know. And I think a lot of people have been saying that, I, uh, you know, but um, it's scary to think. I mean, think about it. I remember when we would close for one day. If we if we if we were to close for one day, it was like the end of the freaking world. One show. If we yeah. lost one show, we lost one show. It was like, oh my god, how are we going to make it through till next year? And now we've been closed going on nine months, which is just insane. And and so yeah, I mean, I think it's important to talk about. You know, we've been fighting for the comedy industry um, since the summer to try to get reopened. And now it's not even talking about reopening. Now it's like, all right, well, how do we hunker down? You know, the governor's completely ignored us um, and ignored this industry. And and, ha- and we are on our own. There's nobody, nobody's going to be helping us here. So it's like, you have to fight for yourself. You have to find ways to get through. And how are we going to do that? I mean, we went into the pandemic at the height of our business. We were doing very, 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 very well. So we were in we were in a good position in order to hunker down, um, but that can only last for so long, you know. And there's so many different club owners that's like I don't know what their position is. Like, at what point, are, you know, are are some of the bigger monster clubs going to start saying, "All right, well, we had our run." I mean, I don't know, you know. Well, okay, so are we? Where do you guys feel the? the pandemic is are you just concerned because it's still not that the the rooftop shows are going to close simply because of the weather are you concerned that the numbers are spiking are are, are we concerned that maybe the numbers are only spiking because now we have more tests to test people and obviously numbers will go up do you think people just stop caring and they're not wearing masks anymore where are we is it because gyms and restaurants are open and that's causing numbers to go up is there a vaccine around the bend i mean how are you guys looking overall not even just comedy wise we'll get back into the comedy world but just in general as just a human race this country where are we where do you think we're going are we still just no answer in sight or are you hopeful that hey i think we're we're almost out of this thing like how do you emilio how do you feel about that i don't think we're almost out of anything i just don't i don't i think this idea that one day we're gonna wake up and oh we all have a vaccine now all right everything's great everything's normal there's gonna be some post-traumatic stuff from this i think I think I just don't I don't see I don't think there's ever a situation where you where things just automatically reclick. You know, I do think one day, yeah, things are going to feel normal again. That normal might be different than the normal we are used to before, right? But look, man, it's like, you know, the toughest part about this whole thing has been just the amount of effort and energy that goes into one little thing. It takes a lot, like everything takes a lot right now to do for very, very small payout. And that's, I'm not even talking financially. I'm talking, that's across the board for everyone, even for comics, I'm sure. If you're a comic now, you've got to leave your apartment, get on a subway, 
go or whatever, ride your bike, do whatever you do to maybe get, maybe you're lucky to get two spots a night. And then if you're doing a road gig, you know, you're risking getting COVID or you don't know, like the metrics are off too. Like there are comics that we work with that are that, that, you know, we always, they always sell well when we do road shit with them and they're just, they're in, they're not. And, and it's no fault to their own. It's no fault to how we market. It's just, Usually we can look at stuff and say, okay, we can expect or anticipate this kind of turnout at a show. You just can't do that now. And then on top of that, you're faced with, should we even be doing shows? Like the conversation right now for us is like, should we even be doing any of this? Like, is the amount of energy and effort we're putting into this even worth it? And Well, the answer to that is yes. Yes. Because... Because, well, one, we're, it's not in our nature to not do anything. And I don't think if we have, have been doing nothing for the last eight months, I honestly don't know where my mental state would be. Certainly, you know, the financial portion of it is is nominal. It's really just to stop the bleeding, um, you know, to try to get us to bridge this gap. But it's absolutely worth it, both for... Um, us as as individuals, like for our mental sanity, to feel like we are still, like we still have some semblance of control over our business, but also for comedians and staff. I and mean, we have staff now that are working full time, and that are off unemployment and are making um, similar money that they were making before. You know, and we have comics working. I mean, we're we we have shows seven nights a week. Um, we have a lot of shows to offer comedians, and I think that's a big thing too. Is it keep the comics working, keep them in New York City, you know, keep them um, mentally somewhat sane. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what is it like to be a comic. I know being an owner of a business in New York that has been forgotten by the city and the state and is tough. I know that mentally, like I'm really struggling with the position that we're in, but you know, Amelia and I have, have, have always had to fight. We've never had to fight to this capacity, but we've always had to fight, you know, for a comic. What is it like performing on rooftops when it's 30 degrees outside? Like now we're finally getting into shows where it's like 30 degrees outside and you're outside on a rooftop. Amelia and I spent many winters in the streets of Times Square selling tickets and so did you Nick selling tickets when it was fucking 20 degrees and snowing outside now comics are having to do that performing in front of an audience and who are these audience members who are well, going to shows on a rooftop when it's 30 degrees and out the, and that's they're the big there thing. that's the thing Look, is, people watch football they want they go to a football game for three hours they freeze their asses off yeah but that's always been the case you know you don't just start going you don't enjoy comedy when you're freezing your dick off you know Pe like, well that's not true because people are going to the shows when it's 30 degrees well not to mention too i mean look you know one of the things that we do at the club that we just can't do right now is we get really creative with our like promotional stuff if it's discount codes or comp tickets or whatever i mean luckily luckily for us we don't do a ton of that but during the week at the club at New York, like on a Tuesday, we will, right? So right now, we can't really do that. So so everyone who is coming to our shows has bought a ticket. And look, the tickets aren't really that cheap because everything's BYOB and we have crazy rents at these places. And, and the, the, the profit margins are very low. We're paying all the comics, of course. You know, like our, our, our budgets on a weekly basis are not that far off. From what they are usually at the club, except, you know, on the weekends, we're clearly not paying like normal rates, at least for like spots. But outside of that, the hosts are still getting paid comparable. The The weekday spots are the same pay. So, um, so, uh, 
God, I totally just lost my train of thought. Well, here's my here's my problem with this is there seems to be a disconnect. Like we opened up the show with doom and gloom and winter's coming and oh no, how are we going to hold on? And yet you're both saying that we got shows every night of the week. There is audience members coming to the shows. Then what's the problem? Sorry, like, well, what me, are we? What are we? What are we worried about then? Well, I want to answer, but let me get to my point. Like what's also pretty crazy is the fact that people are. Like I had someone the other day go, wow, so you guys are do you guys are just running shows and selling these shows out. Grant's not, it's 30, 50 people. But he's like, people have money to buy tickets. It's not only, Scott, are people going out in this weather, they're they're paying well, full price. Like, a, a couple of things. <laughs> like one, there's so many people that are still working. I was talking to my wife about this uh the other the, the other day. It's like most there's a most people are still working. Right? I mean, we're in this industry. I mean, we could not have picked a worse industry for a global pandemic which is running a comedy club, be a hundred people in a small, tiny little room, you know, but there's a lot of people who are still working. They still have money and they're still going out. They're still shopping. They're going to be shopping on black Friday. They're going to be shopping. You know, I mean, there's people that are out there who are looking to do stuff and, and that are, you know, actively trying. So it can be fun to say, Hey, look, let's bundled up and go to a comedy show on a rooftop. It's 30 degrees. You know, that can be fun. And so one of the things that's been happening with the pandemic is it's forcing you to think differently than we used to think. So before the thought of going to a comedy show outside when it was 30 degrees is insane. Now, hey, you know, it's just something we're going to have to do. And now, you know, the question that you were asking is, you know, if you guys are doing all these shows, all this stuff, what's the problem? The problem is these rooftops are not that many people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're talking about 25, sometimes 32. um, And at the highest total number is 50 people on these rooftops um, and you know, and we're not selling liquor. This is all BYOB, you know, but that's the reason we're able to run these shows is because it's BYOB. So, you know, we're not making money off the drinks um, and there's a limited capacity and a limited amount of tickets that we can sell. And you got to keep in mind, we're still paying rent. We still have to pay rent. Now, our landlords have been great. We've worked out deals with them, but we are still paying rent. We're still paying bills. We're still paying taxes. I mean, the the government gave us money, right, as the PPP or whatever the fuck bullshit all these loans are, and we give it right back to them in taxes. What so, do you mean? Explain that a little bit more. They give us they give us money to 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 sustain, and, and it's not like they're it's a, it's a grueling process to apply for these loans and stuff it, it, it that the, they could have said like, i could see how people would just not even go through like if if right scott i mean think about like going through these application processes it's not easy like if you don't have a bookkeeper if you don't have a good accountant if you're not on your game with stuff you could very well miss out on all this stuff you know if we aren't the way we are we probably would never have gotten any of these loans or grants or whatever and they're not grants they're all loans but why don't you explain to him what do you mean by the ppp giving it back i mean basically the point is the government gives you money right to help you run your business and then they chart they hit you with your with your taxes instead of saying hey let's put off the taxes let's let them have this money to get through and then we can do the taxes they say here's some money and then give it back to me so if they say, hey, here's $30,000, and then they give you a bill for $30,000, that money doesn't really exist. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know. I didn't know that and, was and the not, case. And not to, and not to mention, um, 
most of these are loans. So it's not like, hey, we're helping you. I mean, it's, hey, we're putting you in a mountain of debt, not letting you operate in any capacity, not outdoors, not indoors, not in any way, you know, and then and then expecting you to pay all these bills. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. And it's not something that you can survive with. Like, you have to, you really have to, I don't think it's possible to get through this pandemic legally. Does that make sense? Yes, and it's that was very incriminating. But I don't. We care. may have to. I mean, we may have to edit that part. No, we're not editing anything because that's just the way it is. You think there's enforcement that's going to listen to a New York Comedy Club podcast <laughs> and then come after us? Come on. We. I guarantee. For the listen. I guarantee you, right now, we could have been operating this entire time. Maybe not the entire time, but certainly for the last six, five, six months, we could have been operating the club, and we would not have gotten shut down. But there, there are comedy clubs that are operating now indoors in New York City who have not been shut down. But part of the problem is the city is saying that there's no enforcement. They're saying that that, that you know De Blasio is not enforcing shit. Go around the city. There's no cops. Cops aren't doing anything. There's only two ways. Listen, it's first of all, there is no. It's not. It is not illegal to be open right now. There just isn't. There's no real legislation. Again, what of it. I'm saying is, it's all a big gray area. No, 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 totally. But I know what you're saying. Totally. But yeah, like the reality is, it's not illegal. If we wanted to open today, we're not doing anything illegal. There's no law against it. It's just the SLA or the health department will come in and they'll fucking they'll take away your liquor license. They'll shut you down or they'll do whatever. Well, again, what I'm saying is, you all have to come up with these things that say, "Hey, come to our dinner show." Right, saying, "Hey, come to have dinner with us," in in quotes or whatever the fuck this thing is. What is this? What are these air quotes? No, yeah, quotes. Or, quotes it's your, it's quotes. your index and middle finger. If you want me to answer, um, completely. but basically, it's saying, you know, hey, we're having dinner when we all know you're doing a comedy show, right? But but again, that's what I'm saying is that it's all very gray. And God bless anybody who's doing whatever they can at this point to survive. You know, particularly over the last six months. So, well, can, can I tell you? Because you know, it would have been helpful to be able to operate for the last couple months now before we get shut down yeah. again. But now we're going into another shutdown, and everyone's saying, "Hey, we're all going to get shut down again." I'm like, "When were we not shut down?" Yeah. This is what it feels like, Nick. It feels like we are. It feels like we're a pitcher, okay? And we finally have been able to reach that. 98 miles an hour fastball. Our curveball is fucking nasty. We have a sick changeup. The whole repertoire. And then they say, okay, you know what? Now you got to pitch with your left hand. And now we figured out how to pitch with our left hand. And now they're saying, okay, we're going to cut off your pinky. You got to pinch without your pinky and then your thumb. Now we're going to take away your fucking index finger. You know what? Jim Abbott. You know what? Pitch with Isn't your foot. Jim Abbott no, no. Like that? Now, you know what? Pitch with your fucking mouth. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Pitch it's like your mouth. every fucking week. It's like, okay, maybe we're getting into a rhythm here. And it feels like, this is how it just feels like to me, that we are almost, it's almost like we're like clinging on to like, like it feels like we're those cast members in SNL that stayed too long. Like it, there's a part of me that's like, well, are we the idiots? I don't because think so. Because still, because everyone no, else is because- going to Florida. This person's going over there. That person's waiting it out. These guys are waiting it out, I, and and, hold on, and we are here still trying to figure out to do shows in, in a field house in Connecticut and, and the AC Theater, and, and even though the money's not great, but we're getting comics to work. And then again, I don't know if we're just. I'm looking at this not clubs just as doing, New York. I'm looking at as a whole. There's thing. as many clubs trying to survive and do things as there are clubs that are not doing anything. There's people who have different sets of 
of how to get through stuff. I mean, there's clubs that are just bunkered down or, or shuttered up, and they're just they're just waiting out the storm. There's clubs that are fighting to to operate in some way. There's clubs that are just outright operating regardless of what, what what's happening in the city. So I think, you know, in in this type of situation, everybody's doing what they can to survive. Everybody's in a different position. Everyone's in a different situation. You know, for us, Emilio, like we we can't just sit and do nothing. Like. I, I mean, that's just not how we do stuff, you know, both because I need to make a living and I need to make money, but also because, you know, we just to do nothing is, is death for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me, sure. let me ask you both this question and I want you to pick one. Where do you find the most uh, frustration coming from? Is it because this has lasted for eight months and it's just every time you start to think that you're about to do something, it changes? Or do you find a new sense of frustration because you know things are about to get worse and things are going to go take a step backwards even more in the sense that we're probably going to get locked back down? Where Where's your source of frustration from just, I can't take this anymore, we've been doing this for so long, I just want to reopen, or, man, just when I think I had to swing at things, here we go again with another lockdown. Well, I don't think that any of what we're dealing with now is unexpected. We knew this was going to come. Obviously, we knew it was going to get cold. We knew it was going to turn into winter. So I think everything is going exactly how I would have expected it to go You know, over the last couple of months. We knew when we were doing these shows on the rooftops and stuff. I mean, we still are, but you know, we knew that it was going to get cold. And, and, and that's what Emilio was saying is that it's all been very, he was saying this this morning, it's all very segmented. It's all very like, okay, we're going to get through the summer. At, at first it was like, okay, we're going to get to the next two weeks. And then it's like, okay, we just got to get through spring. Okay, now we're going to get through summer. Okay, now we got to get to the winter. All right, now we're at the winter. Now we got to get through the winter to get to the spring. And once the vaccine comes, then we can reopen. You know, it's all very like, so the, there is sort of a clear plan. My frustration lies in, in, both just the anger at the virus itself, you know, like the 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 annoyance of the lack of of any sort of control over a global pandemic, but also the 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 way that um, some businesses have been neglected within the uh, the the city and state. You know, we pay taxes not only to have social services, but we pay taxes to be supported in times of need. You know, and. And we haven't been supported. And that, that's really, really frustrating um, and really sad, you know? Like, there's so many businesses that are just, like, closing. I mean, you walk through New York right now. It is depressing as all hell. Walk through Times Square. I mean, it's sad, you know? Anybody from New York can tell you. Like, you walk through this area as Midtown. It's like, I mean, you live in Midtown, Emilio. It's sad, why are we allowing places like the creek in the cave to close? You know, that shouldn't be allowed. Well, Dangerfields is, I mean, look, Dangerfields, institution, 50 years. Oldest comedy club in the world. I mean. I agree. It's like, why are the why are these places allowed to close? You know, why, when we have a government who has money to be able to help these places, why is that happening? They can spend like millions and millions of dollars on recounts. And bailouts. And, yeah, it's it's why. And look, I'm a capitalist. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not looking for fucking handouts or any of that stuff. But, but if you're gonna give some to other places, then you know, you should give some to to the ones who actually really need it. But um, my frustrations are, honestly, dude. Look, 
I, I, I'm proud of how we've been doing stuff. You know, I get somewhat, and Scott and I, I think Scott definitely shares this with me. You know, when stuff get gets bad, I, I do think Scott and I, we we rise to the occasion, and so do you, and so does our team. Because we've always come from the mentality of we ain't shit, you know? Like, selling tickets in the street at Times Square for a long time can humble a person, you know? Especially, it humbled me at least, you know, coming from the background I have and all the expectations that were on me to be whatever I was supposed to be in life. You know, selling tickets in the street in Times Square will humble you. And Scott and I built have built a very strong business that we're both really, really proud of. And I'm proud of how we how we face this fucking thing and how we've come at it. I'm frustrated with the negativity surrounding just everything. I'm, I'm disappointed with how uh, our, our our society and the way our culture and everything has kind of let this thing shake them to the core. I'm, I'm, disapp- I'm, I'm disappointed with everything about it. Even when this thing hit, people were like, that's it. Nothing's going to be the same. That's it. Moving out of New York. That's it. We're leaving. It's like, I feel like no one really even gave it a, it's like, why are we just giving, New Yorkers have not given up, but like, it, there is this sense, like right now with winter, it's very frustrating to be like, you know, I'm talking to comics who are like, you know what, I'm just not doing it for the whole winter. I'm not doing stand-up. It hit me up in 2021. And, and I'm not annoyed at comics. I get it, but it's like, there are people that feel that way. There's, there's a lot, it's just every, it's just, it feels like everyone's like, well, winter's coming, I'm out, check me back in in May. And it's just like, that that's very disappointing for me and it's and I don't want that to rub off on me but it's hard for it not to be it's hard to be like man everyone and that's what I meant Scott when I was like are we the last you know we're not but like where I'm just like fuck like is it is it worth it booking all these shows putting all these things together doing all this stuff for really low ticket sales for some shows outside the city or or the or someone getting sick or, but what's or the whatever. Al- what's the alternative? No, I agree. I agree. But sitting uh, in your apartment and doing nothing. Of course, no. That's never the alternative. I don't. Or, or even if I were to go to Florida, like I like the sun, I like the beach, but I like fucking working better. You know. So wherever we are, we're gonna work. We're gonna have at it. But those are the. That's what frust. That though. That's where the frustration comes in. And maybe that. Maybe it does. Maybe it is the second part of what you said. It's that there's no flow. There's no rhythm. You know. But but I still. But I still, I'm okay. But I, but again, like as long as we are can get through this, I really will look back at this and say, you know what? I think this was, at least for us, it or me, it was a good thing. You well, know, let me because I have a greater a- appreciation now for everything that we've, and I've always had a great appreciation. But I've gone a zillion miles an hour, and man, like to be able to walk back into the New York Comedy Club on a Thursday night, which was the night I was always there because of roast battle. I just want I just want that again, you know. I know. Could you imagine though, like walking into the club with fifty people? I'd be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, that's going to be a re re adjustment. Like people in Florida are just fucking doing shit. Like they're doing that. I I, I can't even comprehend the. Well, that's what's really screwing me up is because when this all happened in April, I was or in February, in March. I was on one end of the spectrum. I was my pendulum was on the we're all going to die. If you go outside, you're <laughs> going to melt. It's a zombie apocalypse, okay? I was yelling at 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 my girlfriend Claudia for she's like I got to get outside and take a walk or I'm going to lose my mind. I'm like you're putting us all at risk. And then a couple months goes by and then it kind of I my pendulum swung the complete other way. I'm like, man, this is all make believe. It's herd immunity. I'm not worried about anything, which was also wrong. And 
and now I'm swinging back the other way, and it's like, well, why the fuck am I? Why am I just going back and forth with an emotional roller coaster when everyone in Florida just seems to be living their life? What do they know that I don't? They and, don't know anything. I mean, look, the point. I think the point is, is that, um, you know, I, what I'm saying about the Florida thing is like, just wear a mask and social distance. That's it. You know, like uh, whatever. People got to do what they got to do. But I mean, just blatantly being out and just saying fuck the virus i don't think that's necessarily that responsible but anyway that's neither here nor there i think the big thing i was going to try to say when we were talking before is where you know when you say oh as long as we can get through this so what does that look like what does this winter look like it's november now we're going into the holidays it is getting cold what can comedians what can customers what can we expect out of the next six months well i think we're it's going to be i think it's going to be a lot of zoom stuff again i think there's going to be a lot of different i i think there's a lot and i we know this for a fact because we, we're probably going to be doing a lot of this stuff there have been a lot of there's a lot of platforms out there that have fine-tooled the streaming um the streaming uh kind of uh consumption right like there's a lot of streaming stuff out there now that has been beefed up that wasn't wasn't there back in april or march yeah we have a we have a really nice relationship with the wall street theater that will be doing live streaming of a live show that is socially distanced there is going to be a live audience but it is streamed live we've done a show with krista stefano we've done a show with jim brewer uh anthony rodia we have mark norman coming up soon you know that is something that i'm looking forward to however scott's point is like no, but we also we also might be doing something very similar inside the New York Comedy Club. Now, can we have anyway? Listen, I think streaming is going to be a thing. Zoom is going to be a thing. Content. I think we're going to kind of go back to what we did. We, when I say we, I mean the collective, like our industry, is going to really go back to kind of what people were doing back in April and May. But it's going to be a better product, you know, because I, I think now you know the Zoom has gotten better. I think there's other companies that have tapped into creating a little more of a virtual feel. Look, luckily, we all got into what we do because we love it. You know, Scott's in the studio every day because he loves what he does as an engineer. Um, There is something liberating. There is something freeing about being like, you know what? This isn't even about the money anymore. You know, this is just about the pure fucking need to work and the love for what we do. So, you know, it is in that regard, it's nice to just geek out on different things that we're doing because it's cool and it's fun and you know that it's that is kind of one of the positives that you can take out of this but but to answer scott's question as succinctly as possible a lot of virtual stuff let's gonna go back to that what about february virtual stuff but what about february are we still going to be on the roofs in february we are going to be on that fucking roof until we can't so yeah i mean i i agree that that will allow me to interject there does that what does that dictate or what dictate dictates that we're going to be on the roof as long as we can. And does that mean as long as customers keep buying tickets? As long as customers keep buying tickets. Listen, well, what about what about if the city's like, okay, you're locked down. Um, no every, no un, uh, essential businesses can be open. Listen, dude, if there's a full-on lockdown like that, then of course we can't do it. Do you think that's can coming? We? Do you oh, think do you think a full on lockdown's coming? And I, I the the yes. vibe, the overall vibe is that everyone just assumes that's coming. It's coming. And to me, then let's just do it already. You know, like I can't do this. Shit. They can't, they're not going to do it. They're, they're not going to do just it wants before to Thanksgiving. Too, it mu- too much, too much money's to be made. You can't cancel Christmas. There's too much money to be made, and unfortunately, people are going to die 
And then when we get to January, it's like, okay, we can shut down. Well, I can't take it anymore. My frustration level is at its all-time height, and the I have a really big problem of wasting my time. Don't waste my motherfucking time, if I could quote Al Pacino from Heat, okay? The other day, we had to cancel a show, and I had put in a lot of work of building it on the website and doing social media posts and doing our, our ad work on, on Google ads and Facebook ads and put a lot of time and effort into that, and then we just go and cancel it. That threw me for a... I freaked out. Scott's looking at me. He's like, why do you care so much? And it wasn't that yeah, much... Yeah, it doesn't like, matter if we have the show. Who, it's, it, you get paid yeah, regardless. Who gives a shit? Ultimately, we canceled shows before. No big deal. But it was the... I, it was the... It was bigger than that. It was bigger than just the show. It was bigger than like, oh, I put in time and now I... It's just like, now I'm wasting my time. Totally. What am I... I'm wasting my life. I've been wait. I've watched my life pass me by for the last eight months. What the fuck am I doing? And Actually, you're staying busy. I feel like you're doing okay. Yeah, I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do as much as I possibly can to stay uh, afloat mentally. But it, I think the point of... I think we're all at a point now because winter is here. Are we going to shut down? If we are, then let's shut the fuck down because I we this this 10 p.m. bullshit. What is that? COVID doesn't spread until past 10. I didn't know the virus was a fucking gremlin. Oh, look, like, the, what, the idea is that people aren't out late, out boozing or getting hammered. I hate to break some... it to you, but last Friday when there was a 10 p.m. curfew, I went to the bar. And instead of drinking until midnight, I got four hours of drinking done in two hours. And I was wrecked. Oh. So well, I hate to break it to everyone, but that's just what it is. This 10 p.m. arbitrary curfew is bullshit. Are you going to shut down or not? Then if not, then... Let's just, I'm just, I'm like the frustration, and look, science and everything, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. What I say comes out of pure frustration, but God damn it, like, let's, can we try to figure this out? What, well, we're just looking that, at each other. Well, listen, that's a part of the frustration of this whole thing for everybody. That's what I meant. What you had to do is you had to cancel, and the show we're talking about was, look, a big fucking show. I mean, look, it was it was the Pete Davidson show. I know which one you're referencing, yeah. AC. Love Pete. Pete's awesome. Ricky and Pete were going to co-headline. They did it at Fairfield. Those guys are the best. And, and of course, like, there's all these COVID spikes. It's fucking freaky. We're going to postpone it. But 100%, because you look at a show like that, and that show right there, we're, like, hanging on that show because that's a huge show, and that show is a, is a moneymaker, right? Like, we're like, all right, cool. This show, it's it's going to sell out. It's fucking Ricky Velez and Pete Davidson, you know, a miss. And it's like, it's like we're swinging for the fences on that one. So when that gets canceled, it takes the air out of everything because that's anchoring three other shows. And then you're hoping and that show is going to drive enough traffic to that website that, that, that it's going to um, help sell tickets for the other shows because they'll be like oh wow they have this person and that person jessica kirsten's here and they oh shit they got david tell you know what i mean so 100 percent. but again like whenever i start to get like really down when i think like that i just think to myself who the fuck are we like everyone or maybe they're not because scott's saying but that's what i'm saying i keep saying everyone's <laughs> yeah. dealing with it it's like everyone is dealing with covid in a, some sense correct but not everybody is is out of a job like my neighbors, she's a teacher. She's still teaching. I mean, the schools are closed, but she still has a job. You know what I mean? Like, she's still working. We are too, though. And you said this to me the other day. I mean, remember I was like, oh, and I was all, I was down. And you're like, dude, we, we're still working. We're doing our thing. Yeah, but we're not making money. I mean, look, dude, <laughs> we don't have a salary. Well, it's what's weird is it's like we are. It's funny because we are making. We're <laughs> it's true. We're generating revenue. We're making money, but we don't really know if we're 
because it's because it's like everything because nothing the, is real because in the grand scope of things like we don't pay ourselves like we don't know like we have no idea like you know what i mean like even with our bookkeeper our accounters accounting we're like trying to do a pnl and like well, what kind of you know well, what kind of pnl do you want like to, should it include like everything or just the operations because if we include like these loans or if we include the rent on here well then you're losing money but if we don't include that and just include what you're so it's all you're just in the blind and 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 that's what i mean just get just get through the second we can open inside the comedy club the second we can open inside that club in my view we're not safe. We're not back. We're not like, but when we open that right there, will tell me, okay, we are at least we're, we are, you know, the, the, the anxiety is going to lessen up big time because now it's back to being like kind of that machine that it needs to be. New York is the machine. Now it's open every single night now, but it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's all bandaided up. You know yeah. what I mean? And now, in some fucked up way, we went from having two landlords to now having like five, right? Yeah, it's a shit show. Let me ask you very simply, will we be here in June of next year as a brand New York comedy club at the current locations that we're at? 100%. We are not going anywhere. Well, worst case scenario, if we are, we can always just focus all our attention on the recording studio that we're currently sitting in and all three of us are wearing a pinch recording hoodie right now it's kind of we look like we're in a boy band which is kind of a really really shitty boy band a really really shitty boy band but for those who don't know here on paper house network the pinch recording studio has its own podcast the pinch music podcast but you know what scott why don't you play the ad hey music lovers the pinch music podcast is made for you Listen as two maniacs and a genius defend, debate, and curate a weekly playlist covering everything from jazz, rock, country, hip-hop, krautrock, Jimmy Buffett. Ugh. Yep, we listen to it all on the Pinch Music Podcast. So join the debate, discover new artists, and take a musical journey with us every week on the Pinch Music Podcast. Brought to you by Paper House Network. Uh, I mean, listen, let me say something. You know, what... This that it's weird. I'm going to say this, but like that ad is proof that you know if you don't that 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 there can be a lot of positives that come out of this stuff. I mean, what you guys, you two especially, what you guys have been doing, you guys have been spearheading this whole Paper House Network, and we have ten awesome shows on the network. We're getting sponsors. Again, is there a lot of money being made? Of course not. No money's being made for this, but this will be something that is going to be a real valuable tool in our toolbox at some point and you know it's gonna pay forward so you know it's it's pretty cool like just hearing that ad and seeing how you got look i i'm not very involved in the network you know you guys are the ones that's doing pretty much everything for it just seeing how that whole thing just happened with the ad and everything like it's it's fucking cool would that have happened if not for the pandemic yeah well let's talk about that let's actually kind of spin this thing into a positive light you know we open up the show kind of half empty and I get it. We all get it. Look, if you're not dealing with a little bit of depression and your outlook on things are not as cheery, yeah, we get it. But the people who are going to come out of this are the ones who are taking some sort of positivity or at least trying to find something. And you're right, Amelia, we've started a, a podcast network. You know, what else have you guys taken from whatever you're learning what 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 lessons have you learned what 
what advances in technology what are you what are you taking from this we've talked about streaming we've talked about podcast you know scott let me start with you you know you're really hands-on with me in, in the podcast network but what else have you tried to take from this time these eight months and oh, god who knows how much longer what have you taken from that to like strengthen yourself to be ready to hit the ground running when things God willing, get back to quasi-normal. Well, I could tell you I've found a new appreciation for school. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, that's the truth. You know, like, you know, kids going to school and their their parents having that break is a huge fucking thing. And, of course, they just reclose schools. I mean, my kids have been mobile anyway, but uh, I've found a new appreciation for schools and also the ability that the MTA has to actually clean the trains. Like, why have they not been cleaning the trains this entire time? Yeah. They're like, oh, why don't we just clean the trains every day? But, but the trains are nice now. You take a train, ride on a train, it's not very crowded. Everybody's pretty much distant. Everything is clean. You see people wiping the fucking things down. I'm like, why were we not doing this before? Yeah, that's a very valid point. That's also, I haven't been that sick. I mean, my kids haven't been sick all year. Because they haven't gone to the cesspool. Yeah, because that is we're washing our hands, we're wearing masks. It just goes to show me that you know th- that uh, wearing masks actually works. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know. That's what I've taken out no, of it. But is there uh, work-wise though? Is there is there stuff that you're doing where you're like, you know what? I probably wouldn't have done this <clears throat> if it weren't for the fact that we're in this fucking predicament. And this is something that I'm, I'm, you know, I can at least say, you know what? This is a positive at least. Like at least this. Is happening that probably would not be happening if um, I mean, look, it all sucks. You want to be on? You want me to be honest? No, I can't really think of anything. I can't think of anything that has come out because of the pandemic, unless you can tell me something that I'm not seeing. But no, everything I'm doing now would be doing if there was no pandemic. I mean, I've been to work, coming to the studio and back on my little electric bike for eight months. Everybody was locked down. I was here. I was still working. You know what I mean? I was mixing. I was, we were doing comedy club Zooms. We were dealing with, with the loans, all that kind of stuff. I was still here. Uh, what have I done that I would not have done if it weren't for the pandemic? I don't know. What about your outlook, though? Have you, I think, and you might disagree with me, but that would almost prove my point. I think you, especially Scott, you're very much one to be like, hey, just give me booze, a mic, and a comic, and that's all you need for a show. You know, like, let's just keep it simple. Just, I don't need all this glitz and glamour, blah, blah, blah. You hate PR. You hate this. You hate that. Yeah. I almost feel like because of this, you've opened yourself up to at least listen. The ability to be like, okay, I might have to change the way I think sometimes. I'm not saying that you've completely changed. I mean, yes. Changed, I, but- think, I think certainly, like I was saying before, is that, you know, the the ability to change your perspective and 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 change how you do things because you have to you know the ability to like pivot you know pivot i hate that word why because it's of just, uh, friends it's just, no just because it's been used to that pivot it's been the uh it's been the, um, the, the word of the year so far but, but that but again i think that you know to be to answer your question no not really i think i haven't really learned much is that the question yeah. I, what have I gotten great out of the pandemic? Not much. Yeah, pandemic's been pretty shitty. What about you, Emilio? What's a positive? 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. That's just the truth. Nothing has come out of the pandemic that has been, yeah, if the pandemic pandemic didn't happen, none of maybe it will. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but May- Scott is making a country record. That's coming yeah, out. Yeah, but of that pandemic. would have happened anyway. Uh, well, I mean, look, I think there, I think there are positives. You, you always want to... I think maybe it's too soon to tell. Maybe in like 2024, I'll be like, man, if... If they never happened, I just want everyone to know, for those who listen to the Pinch Music Podcast, you know what I'm about to say, but Scott is currently standing up in the studio, and when he stands up, he gets a little uh, animated, and it's usually great content, so Scott's currently on his feet, and- it's because I have to pee, remember? (laughs) I mean, look, dude. What do you- you Look, what's what's something that has come out of the pandemic that has been positive and that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the pandemic? Look, what I've learned in the many years, Scott, you and I have been running- this 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 thing together is is it takes a very long time to build it up and it doesn't take very long for it to go down and you know when we were doing the street team stuff we worked really really fucking hard to build a really great business where most people would think you can't run a business that way and we did you know we ran a very sustainable business for a long time and when we left the comic strip we thought at that time, it was probably the worst thing that was going to happen to us. We were fully entrenched in that club. The idea of not being there and promoting something else. And it, we we had some very lean years for about, I'd say, two, two, to two years, tough years. And we looked back on those years. Um, yeah, if, the, if we hadn't left this trip, where would we be? I don't know. We, we looked back at it saying that was the best thing that's ever happened to us. Or maybe we'd have a job right now if we had. Fair. So... With this, the positive I take out of this is you always, you know, you always want to kind of stretch your, you you want to stretch yourself as much as you can. Like if you're a comic, you want to put yourself in situations, see how you handle certain rooms, certain this, you know, I, you know, you always wonder like, okay, in the worst case scenario, could we get through? We always say, what would happen if this happened? What would happen if that happened? Well, here we are. And the worst thing that I could think of a global pandemic you know, like when this fucking happened, dude, you and I were, t- I texted you saying, you know, we went through winners. We went through dealing with cops in the street. We've, de- we've dealt with fire departments and community boards and crazy neighbors. And now a pandemic, here we go. You know? So if anything, the positive I'm going to take away from this is that, you know, we are being tested and we are, we are, we are figuring it out. Um, we ran a fucking pretty awesome comedy festival. You know, and that was not easy to do the, the, for me personally, to be able to understand the language now of these agents and the language of dealing with, you know, management. I mean, we've never really had to deal with that because the beautiful thing about New York city is that we're developing these comics. We know these comics before any of their reps do. So we usually don't have to deal with them. And I kind of changed my mentality this time around to be like, you know what? Everyone is trying to be cheap right now. Everyone's trying to, I don't want to say cheap. They're all trying, rightfully so. They're, they're, they're being very cost effective. Maybe comics aren't making as much now or, or whatever. My view was, let's go the opposite. You know, let's work with their agents. Let's not, like, let's not try to nickel dime anyone. Let's, let's give good, solid deals. Give everyone a chance to really fucking make money. And we've been doing that at least, you know, we've been doing that, you know, in Atlantic City. We've been doing that in Connecticut. Um, so that's been I mean, a positive. Look, yeah, you know the the Connecticut Comedy Festival this year was bigger. 
I think than it probably would have been if if it was if if, if we didn't have COVID. And we've laid the groundwork yeah, there, you know? you know. You know, we got That's some true. really big because you, you were able to put so much energy into it. Whereas, as um, you know, if we were running New York, it, it's a lot harder. So in some fucked up way, New York kind of. And again, New York's been open, but it hasn't been open like we're used to it. I mean, for those, for anyone who's listening, we, I mean, man, the amount of energy and effort, I mean, everything we do in New York City is so fucking curated. I mean, when I tell you, like, our office really is a fucking think tank. I mean, on Tuesdays, any day, we're all in the office together. It's us th- bouncing shit off each other, throwing shit at the wall. I mean, literally. No, literally, we're fucking going over it. We beat everything. Everything is a decision. You know what I mean? So before this hit, you know, me again, me personally, you know, my vision of of our next step was to become like a full out touring company, you know, to really start to sink our teeth into doing tours, whether it's with, you know, with with various different comics. And we were doing that. So at least now, like the way the festival unfolded, like now I do feel like, okay, now it's so backwards, but it's like now it's like, all right, if we can just get New York back. Man, we are set up nicely because now we can't. We know how to put together big boy deals, big boy shows, and real. We can put together real fucking tours. Do you know what I mean? Like, like not just like a tour here and there with certain guys. Like, we can put together like legitimate fucking multi-city fucking with you know. And we have the we have the contacts to do that more than ever. Um, so that that's a good thing. I think that is a good thing. But but with that said, that's what makes this whole thing feel like a job. There's no the love isn't there with this stuff. Like like booking a a, a Bill Burr for a show, it's just different than when Bill Burr pops into the New York Comedy Club. Yeah. It's just different. Because when he comes into New York Comedy Club, he's there because he knows it's a great place for him to work out. He enjoys the atmosphere. It's just different. Whereas when you're booking him to do a road show, it's 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 business, man. It's a touring manager. It's a tour bus. Even though his touring manager is the man, I'm just using Bill as a fucking example. But it's it's a whole thing, and it's just different. He comes in, does his shit, goes, leaves later. They don't even remember which if they're they don't they're doing so many tours and cities and fucking shows. They don't even remember which show was what. You know, like like you know, like one comic was like, "Oh man, yeah." So I'm I'm here tomorrow night too, and I'm like, "No, you're 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 not here tomorrow night." It's like, where the hell are we? Oh, we're at that place. It's just different. Whereas in New York, it's it's love, man. You know, like comics want, and, and I'm feeling that from the comics too. Like it's so interesting. You know, like comics. It's just interesting how New York. It just basically reinstituted how amazing the New York comedy scene really is, and how important it is. And it just fucking sucks to see these clubs suffering, to see them going down, the fact that we, everyone's suffering, and that there's no real acknowledgement of it. Sorry. Well. Uh, I thought you were going to say something. No, I was waiting for you, buddy. Thanks, there it is. Well, I mean, I think Emilio kind of really wrapped this all up, and, you know, it's frustrating. It's hard. This is really hard to do from all points of view, whether you own the club, where you work at the club, where whether you're a performer, whatever, if you're an audience member. I mean, you got to figure there are some diehard comedy fans that have to sit in a Zoom show. And I, I don't want to go back down that road, but that's maybe for a next episode. 
it's frustrating and it's and it's and it's hard and it's going to be it seemed like the end was in sight but maybe not and now we're kind of back to square one but you know what there are some positives to come out of this and maybe like Scott you won't know until a couple years down the road but I know for my point of view that look you got to get you you have to stay sharp because sooner or later things are going to happen you got to hit the ground running and I I'm looking forward to that Scott's playing me out he's playing me out well, I just want to say a prediction. Next June, let's have another episode to, to discuss where we are. In June of next year, let's discuss. I'm going to say that we're going to be slowly reopening at that point. Emilio will most likely be dead. <laughs> and you and I are going to be um, lovers. We're going to be lovers. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to the New York Comedy Club podcast brought to you by and Paperhouse Network. And we will be having more shows from now until June. So don't don't worry, folks. We'll be back every, uh, uh, whatever we want. Like, subscribe, do all the things you're supposed to do. We'll see you next time. Hug a comedy club owner. <laughs>